uh, episode one of me saying, hey, Dagny, have you started The Expanse yet? I haven't. I've been busy because I That's fine. Moved. I'm just going to... I know you moved. That's very cool. You're recording live from the new apartment, but I am going to bring it up every episode for a while. The Expanse. I'll start it. I have had many... Uh, feels like many shows that were long that I watched this in over the past few months, but it was mostly just Sopranos that took me <laughs> three months to watch all of Sopranos. Yeah, yeah uh, good for you. Honestly, it's great. I mean, I've already talked about it too much, but um, highly recommend it. I know you do. I mean, I should. I one day I'll watch that too. Hey, let's get this party started. Good morning, good afternoon, <laughs> good evening, and good night. Welcome to the Poptimist. I'm Billy McCartney, and my co-host is Yanni. Dagny Are McCartney. You... I thought no, I thought you were gonna say my name, Dagny You're McCartney. You're just sitting there yawning into the microphone at the very top of the episode. How dare you? Let me just take a quick drink from my fancy water bottle. It's like a Romano's oh. macaroni grill bottle. <laughs> It's so yet again, Dagny, an audio medium. There is no video to go along with this. All of our Got listeners. A, a latch ready. Listen. <laughs> it didn't click down. It didn't make any noise. This is horrible. Wow, I'm really good wow. at anyway. I think we should say, uh, uh, I want to actually open the show and say real quick, this is, this. I think will be episode seven. And thank you to everyone who has listened, who has subscribed. We have a new feature that not even Dagny knows about. If you, you have comments... It. If you have comments or concerns, feel free to email us at poptimistpod at gmail.com. That's P-O-P-T-I-M-I-S-T-P-O-D at gmail.com. Dagny, we have an email. We do. Okay. Also, if you want to email with um, like one of your hot takes and we can maybe say it, if you <laughs> have like, this is something I love in pop culture that some people don't and it'll give us you know other things to promote or if we Absolutely. don't agree with you we won't say it but <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't, i don't know there's a lot i've discovered doing this podcast there's a lot of those things out there yes stuff that not everybody likes but, um yeah. dagny at the top of the yes. show well i should so you know what i wanted to go back into doing is saying the poptimist is a pop culture breakdown show focused on optimism we love when people get nitpicky. We love picking apart pop culture, but I want to hear why you like it, not why you dislike it. Um, uh, so what we do is we take things that other people really like that either is obscure or that maybe isn't well-received by general audiences, and then we hear about why they like it. Uh, but first off, Dagny, what you been into? What's you been, what's you been consuming in the land of, of um, uh, pop culture? Yes, I got you. I know where you're going. We've, we've done this before. Okay, um, so... Uh, I guess mine is kind of already maybe something that is polarizing uh, based on the internet. So I watched Prom um, the other night and I really enjoyed it. I had knew nothing nice. about it. had never heard the music. Um, I am going to stay optimistic on this and just say I agree with the internet about James Corden's casting. Um, that's all I'm going to say. I think there, there were other yeah. options. Um, I haven't, not to say I haven't that I didn't seen it, get but some, the boyfriend I didn't get some chuckles. It. He like did, he had some good bits in there. Like he's a good singer. Um, anyway, but other than that, I mean, yes, it was like high camp, very ridiculous, but it was overall a very fun time and very sweet. I cried a little at the end. It was really nice. That's and good. The like younger actors in it were so good. We haven't introduced our guest yet. We'll get there, but she's dying right now listening to. We'll have yeah. to talk about prom when we introduce her. Um, well, that's but, um, so yeah, that's actually what I think the boyfriend said was um, uh, 
uh, on the stage show, the leads are very clearly the kids. They're like the lead yeah. roles. And because they had such big names for the Broadway stars, they they added some stuff to make them the main character. It's like Meryl's in the movie. She can't not be the main character. Yeah. And it's like, no, she can take a break. She's fine. But yeah, honestly, that was... I, Meryl was great. I She was essentially she Patty Lapone. Um, <laughs> which the thing is, like, Ryan Murphy could have had Patty Lapone, but because of where I was working when they were filming that, I know that Hollywood where she's one of the leads in Hollywood and prom were filming at the exact same time. Ryan Murphy was directing both just hopping between stages, I guess. But Pally was busy. Um, and I think she essentially Meryl Streep is like a mix of a bunch of old kind of Hollywood, different characters yeah. and life yeah. styles or whatever. Um, and Pally Lapone is definitely inspiration for her character, from what you, I can gather. The funniest thing you told me, though, you said, you, you said, I did have one little problem, which is uh, when Nicole Kidman said, I'm just a chorus girl. Like, when is Nicole Kidman? It's you, Nicole Kidman. Was like, <laughs> she was wearing one of those, like, actors, like, like, chorus members when they come out backstage and they have, like, those little kind of black Newsies caps. Like, she wore that the whole movie. And uh, just like any young Broadway star wears it. And that's what she wore. And she was like, I'm just always been a chorus girl. And I was like, look at yourself in the mirror. Oh, man. <laughs> Nicole. She was like sixth in line to play Roxy, basically. Um, she's been a chorus yeah, girl Nic in Chicago yeah, for years. We would be so lucky. We would be so lucky to get Nicole Kidman as Roxy Hart. I, she's one of the only actors that when I saw them in person, I went, oh, you, you look like that. Like, it's just... I just stared at her. I had to like look. I was like, turn your head. Yeah, she's, she's stunning. Wild. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, yeah, but I really had a, a very good time. And everybody was saying it was like, I don't know. I saw a lot of opposing opinions online. And I tried to go in with an open mind. And I'm glad I did. I had a great little time. Uh, that's anyway, that's enough cool. about prom. You should check it out, especially if you like campy musicals. And yeah, it's a fun time. Um, but Billy, what have you been consuming? It looks like you really want to talk. Go. <laughs> Dagny, this is going to be a really heavy tonal shift because the best show I think I've seen in all of 2020 is Michaela Cole's I May Destroy You, which um, the boyfriends I and I recently it. watched. It's it's astonishingly good. It's it's mm -hmm. um, uh, It's weird to recommend because it's very, very heavy. And so what I've been telling people is, yes, it is a show primarily about consent and sexual assault and some horrible things happen. But around those horrible things, the show is very funny and very human. And I mean, I finished it, I think, a month ago. And I have held it so I could talk about it on this show because I have not. To be fair, we haven't recorded it. in like a month, so I'm glad. You I know, I know, lots of things happened, <laughs> but it's. I mean, Michael was already. Oh, I'm gonna have to bleep his name. I said it. Damn it. The boyfriend is a big fan of uh, Michaela Cole. He watched Chewing Gum back when it was new, um, and so he was like, "She's got a new show. We're watching it." And I said, "Sure." I mean, I've never, I've never watched her stuff before, but I'll. And now I'm obsessed. I'm like watching her speeches in like Scotland. <laughs> I'm like oh, reading everything she's written. I'm gonna start Chewing Gum soon. But yeah, I mean, it's it's primarily about sexual assault and consent and what consent yeah. means now. Um, uh, it's 12 episodes. They're 30 minutes each. It is a mini series and it is phenomenal. Everyone should watch it. You should watch it. Um, it's I pretty, watched the it's first episode because my friend also told me to watch it. And then for some reason, I don't know why I just yeah. didn't keep going probably because it was when I was watching the Sopranos and I was just getting through that. Um, <laughs> but no, I'll go back and watch it because I have heard 
exclusively good things about it. I haven't heard anybody yeah. say anything negative about it. So I mean, and it's also just from a out. from a making TV perspective, Michaela Cole is the lead actress, the main mm-hmm. character, the head showrunner, the head script writer, and she directed a few episodes. What is I mean, Damn. it's insane the amount of work she put into it. Um, all right. I our guest is now just getting excited about the things we're talking about and we're not letting her <laughs> contribute. So um please everyone i'm so excited uh welcome to the stage my friend actress extraordinaire from the east coast it's caroline dubberly wow. <laughs> i was losing my mind because everything you were talking about i was like yes let me say this yeah um, <laughs> prom we love we stand the prom we cried yeah. at the prom. we made lots of food while watching the prom it was so cute I didn't hear anything about it beforehand because I deleted all my social media, which was the best thing. Smart. Best uh, thing I did all year. Um, but uh, I loved yeah. it. it and I'm on I, episode one three. One of the guys I work with talked about it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm on episode three of The Sopranos. So I'm... Are you really? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. You're in yeah. for quite a ride. Um, Chris is my favorite. Uh, you'll get to see a lot of him, but he's wow. just the worst and I love him. Well, The Sopranos <laughs> is a whole... A whole four episodes to talk about of the podcast, yeah. but yeah, you'll you'll enjoy it. It's a good time. It's everywhere now. I'm gonna have to go watch this 15 year old show. Damn it! Mm-hmm. It's really good. You should. It's really I know. Good. It's really I, good. I mean, I know it's really good. It's it was HBO's hit, the first really huge one. Really, the first like everyone yeah. in the country is watching this show, and we were yeah. a tiny bit too young for it when it started. Yeah. And was now that it's a like, tiny Ooh. bit. We were. I was seven when it aired. <laughs> Dagny, we Mafia nine. Killing start at nine, all right? I could have started it, but for your benefit, I didn't. I could have gotten into it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Caroline, I actually wanted to ask you this. Um, uh, as we're recording, this episode hasn't come out yet, but Dagny and I are, released a bonus episode that's just the two of us, um, no guest. It's pretty short, but it's just us talking about Cats 2019. Now, listeners at home may not know, Caroline and I went to high school together, and we were in Cats together and i wanted to ask yeah. you as uh, an actress who played demeter on stage how do you feel about taylor swift coming in and sniping your song i was furious i was also <laughs> just like incredibly high the whole time we took a bunch of <laughs> to see it because we were like this is the only way this is this is <laughs> and we had a really great time like the Good. whole audience we like bonded together with our laughter that's what happened with me yeah, it was it like we we saw the version where um, Dame Judi Dench still had human hands and had yes. her little her wedding ring on. So here's the thing: I watched it on Amazon, and the version that I paid for <laughs> nine months after the movie came out still had Judi Dench hands, and I was like, no, I thought the whole point was we fixed it. this. By popular demand. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we wanted to see. We That's never wanted the real hand, or the cat wow. hands. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I just, I, I thought of you, I thought of you when I, we were going to do this call because I, I talked about it when I talked to Dagny. I was like, yeah, and Demeter is in she's the cut. whole movie. Well, no. no there, there's a Demeter and a bomb ballerina at like the beginning. They're the ones who are like mean to Victoria. And it's very clearly right. supposed to be Demeter and bomb ballerina. And then McCavity shows up and they're like, exit stage right. Bye. Taylor Swift is here. <laughs> yeah. And she becomes uh, like some weird bomb ballerina Demeter hybrid. Yes. And, and on her stupid swing. I I I have many mixed feelings about Taylor Swift, but I will say after watching what was the documentary she did Americana Miss Americana yeah, Miss Americana yeah I 
I suddenly, you know, I was like, you know what, maybe perhaps I've been a little too hard on this human being. And That's I kind of want to give her a hug now. Aw. <laughs> Shout I, out to Team Swift. It, yeah. yeah. Shout um, out to Team Swift. Yeah. Moving right along, Caroline, what did you what did you bring for me and Dagny today? What do you want to be poptimistic about? Look well, at me branding. I <laughs> I hashtag optimistic. Um I I I had I had a tough time with this one because I was like, I I I think I am more pessimistic about things than optimistic. <laughs> like I tend to not like things that a lot of people like rather than mm-hmm. things that are not, not a lot of people like. But, you know, for a while I was like, what if I talk about Amy Schumer? Um, but then... Um, <laughs> that's funny. I, that's funny. <laughs> but I, I finally I finally settled on one that I'm a little nervous about, but here we are. David Mamet. Uh-huh. David Mamet. Ooh, I like this. Deep cuts. Obscure. I mean, I say obscure, like not for theater people, but like obscure. Right, right. Literary. I mean, hold on. Now we just have to start speaking very fast for the rest of the podcast, overlap all of our dialogue on top of each other and just be like, no, that's, but oh, okay. Well, Caroline, tell our listeners about playwright David Mamet. Yeah. Playwright David Mamet. He, he's like a pretty <laughs> famous 20th century playwright, really known for, um, well, especially in recent years, known for his really seismic shift to the right that you can also see in his writing. But he is known for snappy dialogue, intense, vulgar, masculine dialogue and, and mm-hmm. lines. He, I, and I think it's probably, his most iconic work probably is Glengarry Glen Ross. Yes. Um, yes. And it, it, in my opinion, probably his best, other than the Revenge of the Space Pandas. I freaking the Revenge of the Space Pandas. It's were so we good. in that yep. together in middle yes, school? We were. we were in that. Oh, show in that's cute. <laughs> I mean, Caroline, we've known each other since we were eight, right? Yes. Yes. Third grade. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah. And then middle school, Revenge of the Space Pandas. Yes. And then I remember in high school. Um, you know, the eye roll around. Um, yeah, big ass eye roll. Uh, but one of them, I remember he went with the teacher to like assist when she was going to judge the middle school UIL and one of the schools to revenge of space pan. And he came back and we were on the black box and he was just talking a lot of smack about it. And he was like, this is the stupidest show I have ever seen. Like <laughs> who wrote this? You would have to be such an idiot to write this probably just the worst playwright ever. And I was like, it's David Mamet. He wrote <laughs> well, that. And I was like, you don't know, you don't know who David Mamet is. He's, he's like a really prolific playwright. And he's like, well, I don't care. It's just my opinion. I was like, it's an uneducated opinion. Yeah. <laughs> really mad at me. Um, I, I just love that David Mamet has this ridiculous children's play on top of everything. With like no drugs, no sex, no cursing, because <laughs> it's for the children. But even so, like you kind of have to look through and skim just to make sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, it me. says Mamet on the front. I have to go check. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different David Mamet. Um, because I I was young and I don't have the best memory. Can you? Re- I remember I loved it, but what was kind of the plot of Revenge of the Space Pandas? Well, up until two years ago, I would not have been able to tell you, but I recently directed <laughs> it for a group of kids. So now it's like burned in my brain forever. It's this kid, Binky. He's a little scientist guy. He's got a friend named Vivian, next door neighbor, and he has a pet sheep named Bob. And Bob is like a real class act too. 
Um, and so one day they're getting ready for lunch and Binky's like playing around on his two speed clock or his clock. He's trying to make it a two speed clock. So to bring them into another dimension okay. and they get taken to this other planet where there are um, all of these space pandas who are kind of like the, the army and like the, the regulators, the police of this world. And then there's this guy who he's, he's like the president of the planet, but he's really obsessed with old silent movies. Um, yes. This is all remembering. Yeah. And, and I don't know why, Oh, there are no sheep on the planet. So they're all obsessed with Bob and the president of the planet <laughs> wants to kill Bob and make a coat out of his wool. Cause he's like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. this is, this is the shit. And he also has like a, um, like a executioner who will drop giant pumpkins on people's head to kill them if they make him mad. Um, yes. Yes. It's just completely <laughs> absurd fun. Caroline, it's, we did this in elementary me, school. Yeah. No, it was no, not elementary school. school. It was Caroline, middle, school. middle school. Did you go to me? Yeah. McMath. Oh, Mr. Everts was middle school. Yeah. Iconic Don't do Mr. weed kids. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. Your long-term memory. You did it in the uh, cafetorium, Billy. Yep, yeah, the cafetorium because sixth grade I was Pinocchio in Pinocchio. I think seventh grade was was Revenge of the Space Pandas. And then I think eighth grade we did Midsummer. Yeah, you did. I remember we Midsummer. Did Midsummer and Revenge of the Space Pandas. Yes. Um yeah, that yeah. was both eighth grade, but yeah, Revenge of the Space Pandas was eighth grade because I remember being really upset that I wasn't allowed to play Bob the Sheep. I was like, "Yes, why are you giving it to Eric and Tonowitz or whatever?" Uh, shout out to Eric. Such a good memory of this. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, Billy, do you even remember who you were in the show? No, I don't know if I was in it. Oh, okay. Really? Isn't that terrible? I feel like, like you I know, were because I saw it, Billy. I saw it too. I can't remember if I was in it. I <laughs> all I remember was I remember when I played Pinocchio and we had a carrot that I shoved through my mask to make my nose grow, and there was a performance for all the eighth graders where I accidentally put it through my eye hole and I couldn't figure out why they were laughing so hard. And it's <laughs> uh, it's because there was a carrot coming out of my eye. That's what I remember right. from middle school. <laughs> now that's comedy, Billy. You Thank were ahead you. of your time. I thought so. Oh my god. That's Car- I mean, so yeah, and it doesn't have a, it's it's Revenge of the Space Pandas or Binky and the something speed clock. Oh, there's like a Binky a and subtitle? the two speed clock. Binky and the, the two, two speed, speed clock, clock is the alternate title. Yeah. And that's is that David Mamet's only children's play? Yes. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And I could be making this up. It, it might just be like wishful thinking on my part, but I'm pretty sure he has said that it's his favorite play that he's ever written. Yes. I mean, how can it not be? How can yeah, it right? not be? Yeah. I want to believe I that like it is. With plays like Glen Gary, Glen Ross, Speed the Plow, Oleana, and then all of this bullshit that Oleana. he he, I don't know. I think he has kind of branded himself and, and made himself feel like he has to be in this really tight, angry little box. Um, yes, although, it's his brand. Hot take, I don't hate Oleana. I don't either. I'm like I am read it in college. I haven't read it in a long time, but I read it in college. Yeah, I, I think if he could be less um, militant in what he allows the interpretations of his plays to be, 
there could be a lot of really, really good um, impact that Oleana could have. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Oleana seems a little bit ahead of its time now, even though it's it's the voice it's sp- told with is maybe not the best voice. Like the, I, it, I would yeah, argue in like 10 years, but... Probably the worst voice. <laughs> he wrote it. He wrote it during the Anita Hill confirm uh, uh, the confirmation with Anita Hill. Yes, um, and it was a response to what he saw as problematic liberalism. Wow! So wow. having a young woman as kind of a Machiavellian sort of manipulative lying about assault sort of thing like that's very that's really taboo and and understandably a lot of people don't want to have to talk about that but i love the theater that makes me uncomfortable and oh yeah and i think i don't know i don't know just like there's room for revenge porn there's room for the end justified (laughs) means to get a shitty perspective out (laughs) i mean and that's yeah that's right right I read that play. I know I've, I read it in college and that you, you get the giant, oh, what's that book? The giant book of all the scripts throughout all it's of time. And it's called, yeah, it's in there. Dra- yes. It's just called drama. <laughs> I have it in my other room. I do too. I do though. I'm pretty sure I read Oleana in that like freshman year of college. And I just was like, what? <laughs> you just, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I oh, so it. what is he? I mean, I mean, we're, tr- we're trying to be optimistic and I love how much you like David Mamet, but I wanted to ask <laughs> I haven't, I haven't kept up with modern David Mamet. I haven't seen. Oh. I do remember in college he made waves, or maybe a little after college, he he pissed off a lot of my classmates because he did an article where he was like, "The director role is dead. Actors can direct themselves. We don't need directors on on Broadway anymore." And it was like, "What?" Spoken like <laughs> true director playwright, like whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I, yeah, his his new stuff is disappointing but i i think mm. they're kind of he's he's emblematic of a of a of a dying generation yes of of a luckily dying anger um yeah he also totally fascinates me and i there's no denying his influence on modern drama on the way modern um syntax and speech playing back and forth yes mm-hmm. one of my favorite new plays the wolves I don't think could have ever happened without an inspiration like Mammoth, with all the overlap that it has. It just, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, yeah, I, I was reading this really laughably bizarre HowlRound article about, it was called No More Mammoths. And it's talking about because, and it only used Oleana as an example. And I was like, <laughs> guys, if you're going to like write an article about, how problematic someone is you could look at all of his other plays which are all problematic but also have <laughs> like there's some Something nuggets of gold in there yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i don't know i'm just like huh. kind of getting over this whole like black and white all or nothing never do yes again everything is canceled sort of thing because i think it especially when it comes to the topic of plays like oleana that that deal with an arguably false scenario it's not a scenario Mm. that happens as much as people like david mamet want to say it does Um, (laughs) yeah but i oh fuck i lost my train of thought i was trying to be funny Mm -hmm. damn that's okay i was gonna say welcome to the david mamet roast hour (laughs) (laughs) shit on david mamet for 20 more minutes 
Uh, we could. Oh my god. But, well, but when you're talking about like this, like this, like black and white, it's I. When, yeah. when I think about Mamet, I I think not in the the content, but in the way people speak. I think about Aaron Sorkin. I would I think yeah. he's had so much influence on Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and it, it it really I get bummed out when people like shit on The West Wing about it being too optimistic or being a liberal fantasy. And it's like, it is those things. Why can't we have that? Like, why can't it, why can't it exist? Yeah. Um, if, if we have to watch House of Cards, why can't we also watch The West Wing? Right. You're not wrong. <laughs> and you know what? The pinnacle of those two shows, what's the pinnacle? It's called Veep. It's just perfect. Yes. <laughs> yes. Veep is the perfect I show. Mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's cynical West Wing. It's, it's, I love it. I, but yeah, it's, it's that it's in hindsight. Oh, that show was, was too cheery and too optimistic. And it's like, we can have that. And we don't have to like shit on Aaron Sorkin now because of something we feel about a show that's 20 years old. Right. I don't know. I don't know if that makes show. sense. Yeah. yeah. Like we need those. We need those like in yeah. a perfect world. This is what it's like. Or like, yeah, we need, to look towards that kind of stuff, you know. We need Al- uh, Alice and Janie dancing to the jackal. I also I want to I want to believe that David Mamet influenced Gilmore Girls, and that's why they all talk so fast and talk over each other. <laughs> he might, honestly, Dagny. Honest, not it's not a stretch not out of the realm of possibilities. Without David Mamet, we would have never had the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Can you imagine <laughs> the most controversial thing I've probably ever said on this show? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, that's great, uh, Caroline. This was a this is a weird one. I'm happy with this. I, I like it. it. Thanks. We for... haven't had a playwright yet, which is great. Yeah, uh, haven't yeah, had a playwright, playwright. Have a casually problematic playwright as well. What a treat! Mm-hmm. Even, even oh yeah, casually. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a deep dive the rest of this afternoon and be like, what did David Mamet write in the last four years? And then just get upset. Um, <laughs> you will. before we Revenge go. Of the space pandas is all you gotta remember, Billy. Saves the, his honestly, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> Make sure the boyfriend knows about that play and say, if you're ever in children's theater again, um, remember okay. this this show. It's great. Uh, so we've reached the end-ish of the program, uh, the program. And we like to play a game that I'm currently calling Pitch Me. If you have a better name for this segment, anybody, please. I I need a better name for it. Send me an email. Email us. Pod. Shark Tank. <laughs> that is yeah. funny but it we might get sued time. okay so no parody satire parody satire parody satire parody satire um so the way pitch me works is our guest the lovely caroline is going to uh uh give us a genre and an object and we're gonna have 30 seconds to pitch her an idea and at the end she picks a winner dagny who would you like to go first uh... Wait, a genre and a Sorry, I'm like overthinking all of this. This is the part that I'm most nervous about. Explain it again. <laughs> oh no, this is, I love freaking guests out. This is my favorite. So you 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 think of uh think of a type of media, so like a movie, a TV show, a video game, a book, a album, a podcast, and then a genre on top of that. So like I want to see a a movie about zombies going to prom. I want to hear a, a a concept album uh about michelle gomez's acting career i don't know just whatever you want to do and then we have 30 seconds to pitch you an idea okay Billy, you can go first all right so dagny if you okay. want to turn down the volume i'll wave like this when you can get back on zoom okay watch her take out her headphones on the phone just hangs up and she's gone all right caroline you don't I need to overthink it down. no I'm, I'll watch I, are you sure are yes you don't sure overthink it overthink yes it. Okay. yes right. okay Film noir with the Michelin Man. 
All right, 30 seconds on the clock. I mean, clearly it's just going to be about him solving tire cases, like when tires get slashed, but they're going to be treated like murders. All of these tires are his friends. They all have families. They all have loved ones. They all have husbands and wives. And someone is going around 1930s Chicago, because sure, of course, and just slashing all of these gorgeous white wall tires. Oh my God, Cars 4. Cars 4 with Lightning McQueen. We could do that too. That's... How do they eat? Do they eat gasoline? That's not important. Michelin Man Noir. That's it. That's it for you. I'm going to bring Dagny back. That was 30 seconds. So, Come on back, Dagny. I'm back. Come on back. Dagny's back. All right, Dagny. The volume down on my... Okay. Yes. 30 seconds okay. on the clock. Caroline, Caroline, if you want to tell her it? again. Okay. All right, Dagny. It is a film noir with the Michelin Man. <laughs> Ready? When you start talking, I'll start going. Okay. Um, Michelin's tires. Yes. Yes, uh, I'm going to go with that. So what comes to mind is a movie I haven't seen. So Drive. Um, can we make... Drive is the one where it's a tire, right? Yes, rubber, whatever. There's a movie rubber. where you follow a tire, rubber. So imagine that. It's just we're having this tire wreak havoc, but it's all set, obviously, very noir, very stylized. Um, murdering people like Jack the Ripper, just everyone's dying. And then you find out the mastermind behind it is the Michelin Man. So we all, it's just figuring out that by the end of the movie, the Michelin man were like, oh, dang. Oh, wait, it's already 30 seconds. Time. The reason I, I was not sure of the Michelin man, I was like, I think it's tires and that. So was I right? Well, also, yeah. Well, also drive okay, is Ryan is Gosling and right. rubber is the movie about, um, about the a tire. tire that kills people. Yes. Okay. So I uh, haven't seen I either of them, but that's what came to mind was a noir tire movie. Um, with an evil mastermind of the Michelin Man. You know, you know yeah. those tire movies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I I was doing a tally. I'll do next episode, Dagny. I'll have a tally for who, who has the most points so far. I'm but sure um, Caroline, you won. I was thrown off by Michelin. Well, Man. I think we're at three at three, but I might be wrong. Caroline, who, which, which, which project do you want to invest in? Okay. Well, hear me out because what I'm thinking is this could be a franchise, and so. Okay. Uh, Movie one is Billy's idea where he's going around solving all of the murders. I mean, you know, the tires getting slashed. And then (laughs) in movie two, he's kind of like been broken down by all the trauma. And so you only see him in his like, kind of like a a fight club sort of thing where you don't know that it's the same guy. But then, you know, Mm -hmm. he's going around psychically exploding things. And then you're like, oh shit, it's Michelin. It's Michelin man all along. (laughs) The, the horrific events from the first movie have turned him into a monster. I think, Danny, have, I think have a tie? we have our first, our first tie. <gasps> oh, oh, wow. I love it. I love it. Now, I'll take it. I'll take it because I'll I want us to have a tire-based Marvel Cinematic Universe on Disney+. Plus Coming soon, the, uh, the, the book of Firestone. Um, then we're going to have <laughs> just like, like Goodyear, but like it's a Jedi story. Um, oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Wow. We have a, a, a tie. Tire, a tire tie. <laughs> uh, well, Caroline Dubberly, thank you for being here. Yay. Thanks for calling in. Is there anything anything you want to tell our listeners before you go? Anything? Anything to promote? Anything? Oh, my. Anything to promote? Gosh. Well, I, I, I sometimes have a podcast called the- Yes, you, really? you do. I do. Yes. I do. It's called the Caro Dub After School Theater Camp Power Hour, and we're on a winter break hiatus, <laughs> but it's been really fun. We talk a lot about theater and education and history and politics and socialism. It's fun. And so, David Mamet? Yeah, baby. Those things. <laughs> 
We haven't really gotten to David Mamet yet, but I'm sure yeah. that we're going to get to. Get into it. To the- Very yeah, cool. The, ca- the, the, Caro, the Caro dub after school power hour? Theater camp power Theater hour. Camp. Theater power camp power, power hour. Uh. Apple podcast. It's super cute. Listen, everyone, listen. Caroline, you are incredible too. I do want to hype you up before we leave. Caroline is a phenomenal actress. She works and out singer. on the East Coast. Everyone wear your masks and stay inside so we can have live theater again sometime in the next 15 years. I also miss comedy clubs. I miss stand up. So um give me my give me my st- give me my stage time back. Give okay. Stage. <laughs> we'll get there. Um uh, yeah. this this has been the Poptimist. The Poptimist. Uh, uh, one last time, email us at poptimistpod at gmail.com. We'll say hello. Uh, Dagny, you want to sign us on out? Yeah, because we've learned that I'm so good at that. All right. Know, well, thank you, you all so much for listening to Pop Optimist. My name is Dagny McCarty, and my co-host, as always, unfortunately. I'm just kidding. As always is. Wow. It's me, Billy McCartney. It's Billy McCartney. I'm just kidding. I love my brother. He's great. And I love him as my co-host. So I'm going to wrap this up now. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye. That's, that's it. That's all. <laughs>